Welcome to the Relaunch Your Career podcast. I'm your host, Leah Lambert, career and interview coach and founder of Relaunch Me, where we help you find the work that you were meant to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relaunch Your Career podcast. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has emailed me with feedback on some of our recent episodes. Uh, It's just been great to hear your feedback and great to know that people are also finding these episodes useful. So if you do have any questions or ideas for new episodes, that will save me coming up with them. Um, I'd love to hear from you and you can email me directly at leah at relaunchme.com.au. In today's episode, I've invited the very talented Naomi Blasky to talk about her career in landscape architecture. In my career coachings, I've found that many people really are unaware of this career or they don't really understand what this career involves. So I've asked Naomi to join me today to enlighten us all. Welcome to the podcast, Naomi. Hi, Leah. Nice to be with you. Uh, So, Naomi, if if you've listened to some of these episodes, you'll know that we like to start at the beginning. Can you tell us how you came to choose landscape architecture as a career in the first place? Yeah, so um, as a young adult, I was really interested in environmental issues and design, and landscape architecture was the natural union of those passions. And so what did you know about this career when you chose it? Had you done lots of research? So I actually didn't know any landscape architects when I began looking into courses. And in the year 2000, when I was in year 12, sustainability wasn't a common phrase. It actually was barely used, but I understood that this was a growing industry and I really wanted to be a part of it. And now environmental issues and design obviously couldn't be more important to the way we live and use our recreational spaces. Um, In terms of research, um, at the time, there were two uni courses available in Melbourne. I was drawn to the four-year Bachelor of Landscape Architecture course at Melbourne Uni. It had some great social science and engineering subjects, and there are now more courses available in Melbourne. And as well as landscape architects, there are some industry-leading landscape designers in our city who often begin studying diplomas in horticulture or also garden design. The main difference in uh, those courses to landscape architecture is that horticulture often is focused on plant knowledge and designing with plants. And garden design is a one-year diploma where you learn about plants and graphics and design principles and also client management. Whereas um, landscape architecture courses include design history and some science subjects and construction engineering subjects. And also you always do a design studio where you apply everything that you've learned each semester. So I know from speaking with some students studying both architecture and landscape architecture that it is a quite a high workload at university, this course. What sort of comments could you make about the course in terms of the, the content and, and the workload and the intensity of the course? Yeah, it's certainly intensive. And I remember getting up at sort of 5.30 in the morning and jumping on the train and getting the best computer in the computer lab and just sort of sitting there all day. So certainly a commitment. But 
I think a lot of design courses are that way and they're just very labour intensive. So the design studios are, yeah, I think it's just it's a lot of time in terms of time involvement, but I guess they've got all of these supportive subjects in terms of those social sciences, um, the engineering subjects, you learn about plants and um, then also all of those history subjects which really give you this very well-rounded professional grounding when you graduate that you've got a really good footing in terms of an academic understanding of the industry. Wow, I didn't I didn't realise it was such a broad course. What sort of science subjects did you study? Well, you really need to understand a lot about soils, um, a little bit about construction. Um, you need to understand about water, a little bit about surveying. So as a landscape architect, you draw a lot about you draw a lot on different industries and you need to know a little bit about all of these industries that you're going to be engaging with and they're often consultants that you draw into your projects and although you don't need to know everything you need to know enough to engage with all of these professionals so this is what you're tapping into in the course. Right so you finished your four-year degree at Melbourne Uni Um, So I assume there were a number of different pathways that you could have pursued after completing your study. Can you tell us about what your options were on completion of your degree? Yeah, so after studying, I was very keen to get to work. With regards to the career pathway that I chose, I opted to move into private practice, which is a commercial company. I got a job with a mid-sized firm that specialises in environmental design And I worked there in a graduate role for two years. I worked on master plans and waterway improvement projects across Victoria, which I loved. Another route is the government sector, working in state or local government where both employ landscape architects. Another option is to do further study. So a lot of landscape architects do postgraduate degrees in urban design or architecture or planning or construction management, and that can be a real benefit later in your career. So those are some of the pathway options, or there are many more. You can start your own business or, um, uh, yeah, you could do, uh, you could go into teaching, but, yeah, there's lots of pathway options. And so quite a few of your colleagues would have gone on and done postgrad straight from finishing the bachelor? It's interesting. I started studying with 30, there were 30 in my course. The year that I graduated, which was 2005, I graduated with four from my original course. We definitely um, fragmented off into lots of different pathways. So it takes people a long time to do the course. It is really intensive. Um, It took me five years. So... Yeah, there is actually, back back then, there was a high dropout rate, I must say. I think it's changed now. Like the Melbourne Uni system changed completely from when I started in 2001. But, yeah, they, they introduced the Melbourne model, which is different. Yeah, but, but people did go straight into additional study. But to be honest, a lot of people 
do need a break from that type of course yeah, and, and are keen to get into the workforce. And would you say that it helps to have some drawing skills if you're going to study landscape architecture? Yes. So I personally didn't have drawing skills. I hadn't done any formal art or anything like that from high school. Um, The school that I went to wasn't particularly design focused. It was more of an academic type school. But yeah, it it definitely helps because those first uh, design subjects, you're thrown in and it, it would definitely be a benefit to have some graphic skills to begin with. But I picked them up along the way and, um, yeah, in, in the industry you're drawing every day. But I always say that I can draw to communicate ideas and that's what you need to be able to do. You're just constantly drawing to explain to your clients what your intention of design is and designers who can draw to beautiful illustrative effect I'm not personally one of those designers but it's never held me back it's um yeah I I can draw to communicate yeah so you you do the you sketch the drawing to communicate the idea but then a lot of the drawings obviously done by computers the computer aided drafting is that correct yeah so that's what CAD stands for yeah um but I guess to be able to draw in a computer you need to understand what what your what drawing is so yeah it's a to to be able to facilitate designing digitally you need to understand how drawing is done and in terms of those programs I mean I when I look at jobs on seek in architecture I see AutoCAD I see Revit I see Archicad Uh, what sort of software do you use in landscape architecture and what are the sort of I guess, most common types of software that are used currently? I guess the most traditional program is AutoCAD and that's the program that I was taught at uni. Um, But I feel like I studied a long time ago. That was the only one that we were taught. We were taught SketchUp, which was the 3D modelling program. And, I mean, now they'd be taught a whole raft of other digital platforms. But, yeah, different uh, offices use different platforms. But I guess once you have a foundation of digital understanding, you can oscillate between different programs. You get very quick at, uh, yeah, just a digital understanding and it, it just becomes the way you think. I mean, I'm in my mid to late 30s and I'm not that that young, but you, you still, yeah, you just spend so much time on computers as a landscape architect that, yeah, it, it just becomes very much what you do. And I guess that's one misconception with landscape architecture. People think you're on site all day working with your hands and it's not quite like that. You spend a lot of time on the phone, in meetings and on a computer. That's Yeah, that's. I think that's the, the misconception. I think a lot of people when I talk about landscape architecture, they think you're going to be outdoors and often they're people who would like to work outdoors and they select that as something they would like to do and they're a little bit disappointed when I tell them it's actually an office job. It's very similar to architecture. It's a... Uh, 
yeah, there are times spent in meetings and outdoors nutting things out, but yeah, it is, it is very computer-based. So what percentage of your week would you say would, would have been indoors versus outdoors, just to give us an idea? Uh, it just depends on what's happening. There are meetings can be long. There, there are days where you can easily spend two hours on site, you know, standing in the sun. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it just depends. If you're spending time documenting packages, you can spend all week at the computer. But it also depends what level, I guess, you are. If you're at sort of my level, which is that sort of senior or associate level, you do spend more time in meetings, talking on the phone, whereas if you're more of a junior level, you'll spend most of your time documenting and doing sort of designing work, which is more computer-based work. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Something I probably should have asked you at the beginning, Naomi, for the purposes of for people who perhaps don't know much about this area, can you explain what a landscape architect actually does? Because, again, that, that's con- quite confusing, I guess, with landscape design and landscape gardening. Yeah, it's the classic party question. So people say to me, oh, what do you do? I'm a landscape architect. And they look at me a bit blankly. But look, it really is the description of the two phrases. So a landscape architect, put simply, is the design of outdoor spaces. And I guess the projects um, can extend from in scale from gardens to parks, schools, coastal frontages, freeways, and any other outdoor space. Landscape architecture is the design of all of the elements in those spaces and supporting the ecologies in those environments. So it's a very important job and it's sort of never been in people's awareness more than in 2020. Yeah, that's right. And you've now worked in a number of different areas. So you've worked in residential, you've worked in commercial and you've also worked done some work in public spaces. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the different types of environments you'd be working in in these different areas? Yeah, so the main difference in those different types of projects, it's just um, a difference in scale, which then is a difference in complexity. So a residential garden for a new home would take, say, six months to complete or it can take a couple of years. I worked on one house that took five years to complete and it's just a difference in programming factors and the the work for a new garden normally begins with a design based on a client brief and budget which then gets approved and costed and then moves on to construction which is a loose guide whereas public work has the complexity of stakeholder groups such as community and cultural groups or councils government agencies and you typically get engaged to complete a design phase and then there'd be consultation phases with those stakeholder groups which gets worked into your program and those stakeholder group discussions can be really interesting because you're engaging with different sectors of the community and their input is really critical in understanding a site and the needs of the future users but also it can be really challenging balancing the competing priorities and attitudes of those groups. So, yeah, they, they can take 
form in meetings and big open days and you can often see big community sessions and where you have to advertise for those sorts of things or petitions or, yeah, things can get quite complicated when you're making big changes to public spaces. So, yeah, it's a really dynamic industry where things are, every site's completely different and it it challenges you in, in new ways each project. When you were working on that type of project, Naomi, would you, like the landscape architects themselves would be potentially out talking with the community, listening to concerns. Is that right? Yeah. So the landscape architect will often act on behalf of the council and will run those community consultation sessions and they'll gather all of the data and the feedback and they'll present it back to the council and they'll collate all of the feedback and they'll prioritise everything and they'll say that this is important and this is less important And then that will all get fed back into the concept design for the new work. And so there's also, you can go to TAFE and do a diploma in landscape design. Are you able to explain the difference in the type of work that a landscape designer would do versus a landscape architect? It's tricky to differentiate the types. I think... um, a landscape designer could bid for certain jobs. It's hard to know what may be suitable or unsuitable. So definitely gardens and small parks and, and things would you definitely be able to go for. But things like um, large schools or universities or big parks I think would only be open to landscape architects. Yeah, so it sort of maybe depend on the budget almost, the size of the budget. Yeah, it could be budget-driven or might be the amount of consultation. Then when you add in things like different ecologies, so there's um, something called water-sensitive urban design where you're looking at um, reusing urban runoff and working with ecologists and um, sensitive um, ecosystems and drawing in different consultants and I, I don't think that that sort of level of complexity would be maybe suitable for a landscape designer. But I'm also not an expert of what differentiates um, work for a landscape designer and a landscape architect. But there are bodies, like, so there's the Australian Institute of Landscape Architects and there's also um, a similar body for landscape designers. So they might be able to more differentiate where the where the line is yeah look and that's fantastic advice I love always go back to the industry websites when when I um get a little bit stuck with understanding a career and you know what the accredited courses are etc so that's really good advice I'll put those in the show notes as well Mm. so I was going to ask you what a typical day or week looks like for a landscape architect but it sounds like that would very much vary on your the environment you're working in and the type of uh, whether you're in residential, commercial. Did you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, so I guess um, I've sort of talked a little bit about it, but um, often the day will start with a site visit. So the sites, are, they always start at 7 o'clock. So 
I'll often go to a site visit at about nine um, and they're always ready for you by nine o'clock. On site, you're often inspecting things like materials that may have been delivered, checking plants set out or a paving design or talking through wall heights or anything else that may have cropped up. And then, yeah, you could head back to the office, writing up everything that you've discussed on site and emailing it out to anyone who was on site. So you've always got to cover everything in writing and then spending some time on the computer, drawing up things that some new designs. You spend lots of time on the phone talking to clients and contractors and suppliers and that's about a typical day. The days just fly, all the days fly I find and yeah that's about a typical day. It sounds really broad in terms of you know the client contact, there's organisational skills, I assume, assume there's always time pressures as well. Are there specific skills and personality attributes that you think help to do this line of work? Yeah, look, I think it helps to be an all-rounder. Like you you need to be a detailed person, which I think all design professions lend to that skill. But also you need to be good at problem solving. There's, There's just constantly issues that come up in construction. So you need to, as things crop up, you've got to move through them. You get, you got to be good with people because you're dealing with teams of people all the time. Yeah, it's it's a general suite of skills that the construction industry has. Yeah, so detailed, move through problems, people skills, but also it's it's definitely a passion industry. So being passionate about the industry, I think, I think helps. It definitely sounds like you need a broad range of skills there. What are the typical challenges that landscape architects face, not necessarily that you face personally, but just typically the types of challenges that you face in this career? I guess it's um, well known that there's a lot of risks in construction. So you often need to design to anticipate potential risks and document your drawings in a really detailed way to mitigate that risk. And also that being said, like I said, things crop up in construction and there's often human error. So good communication is key and also showing some compassion with a fair disposition helps. Often on site things get very stuck and there's a bit of a blame game. So yeah, it's good to be able to move through things and and try and work to a resolution. But also you need to be tough because it's a tough game and where decisions are made very quickly with big financial consequences. Yeah, so you need a fairly thick skin. Yeah, definitely. Naomi, what would you say have been the highlights for you personally in, in your career? Every project is different and you're just constantly learning and that's actually the greatest thing about the job it's witnessing your capacity to learn and develop as a designer and a professional and I think that's really fulfilling just seeing that that personal growth and I've had a look at your I mean you've been running your own business for seven years and I've seen some of your work on your website which is just absolutely stunning what have you learned most about yourself running your own business during the last seven years Having my own business has definitely shone a light on some of my strengths and weaknesses. 
which I won't go into here. <laughs> um, but you've, you have to become really self-reliant and resilient without the infrastructure of a complex support team to draw on. So it's been... It's also been a great opportunity to collaborate with really good architects and contractors and suppliers, and I guess they become your support team. And I've also been able to establish more meaningful relationships with my clients, which has been really wonderful. So what advice would you give to a young person considering a career in landscape architecture with the experience that you have? I'd say... The course is really challenging and it will take a lot of persistence, but the rewards are really worth it. And yeah, like I said, the industry is really dynamic and it's really filled with lots of passionate people. And I guess that passion's driven by people really wanting to do something good in the world, which is something that's just something that's always driven me as I guess a basis for my professional development and in time you'll have opportunities to work on projects that enhance the way we enjoy open space and that can sustain our environments for generations to come which is pretty special. Well it sounds like I know from speaking with you that you are very passionate and I think one of the most important things, whatever career you choose, is choosing something that you are genuinely interested in. And I think, you know, more importantly, when you have to go and do that type of intensity of that level of study and that sort of intense four years, you, you know, you really do have to to love it and see that end goal, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you've got to keep your eye on the prize. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, Naomi, it's been fantastic to hear about that. I've learned a lot just from chatting with you today. So thank you so much. Um, I will put your details in the show notes so um, that people can find you if they're looking for more information. Um, but look, thank you again. It's been great to have you on the podcast and I wish you all the best with your career going forward. Thanks so much, Leah. Happy to spread the word. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Relaunch Your Career. If you did, please subscribe, share with your friends, leave a review or connect with us on social media at Relaunch Me Career Consulting. If you have any questions about the episode or the work that we do, then contact us via the website relaunchme.com.au. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.